This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Swing and a high fly ball. Right field and deep. Geyer to the wall. Rays win. Rays win. Rays win. D-Man Toy with a two-run walk-off home run. The Rays winning ways here at Tropicana Field continue. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. Bounce towards first and through a base hit right field. He's going to take a turnaround first and try for second. Here comes the throw by Gretchik. He is safe at second base. A hustle double for Kiermaier. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our latest show, our first this year on Saturday. We move there during the NFL season. Today, we sit down with Nick Anderson to discuss his success with the Rays. Dave and Andy will talk about an interesting week on the field. We chat with Ronaldo Hernandez about what he's learned on the taxi squad. Dan DeMent will discuss the Rays' hittings prospects in Port Charlotte. Plus, Anthony Castrovince of MLB.com joins us to discuss the playoff races. We continue on this week in race baseball, and joining us as our featured guest on the program is reliever Nick Anderson. Nick, you've had um, a really good season to this point. Obviously, it's a unique year. How are you feeling? Because I know you just recently came off the injured list. Yeah, uh, I'm really just trying to even treat it like I was in the beginning, um, just taking it day to day. And uh, really, I don't want to say just trying to get through this year, but I think everybody's body's kind of feeling some different sort of way than than what we're used to so in, in that sense it's new for all all of us so I think we're just all kind of trying to feel as good as we can every day and go out there and uh and compete and you know make it make a push for for that world series how proud have you been of the group considering all you guys have had to deal with and the injuries to the pitching staff that you guys have held it together absolutely and I think that just goes um to show you kind of what what kind of organization the Rays are, you know, and, and the people that they get, uh, you know, young guys, older guys, everybody comes in with the same kind of mindset to either pick somebody up, go out and do your job, pick the team up, you know, any way that you can go out there and help to, to tr- try and get a W. Everybody's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's been great. How helpful to have both Kyle Snyder, your pitching coach, and Stan Borowski, the bullpen coach, been in in regards to that and help getting you guys in the right position to succeed? You know, they both are super relaxed. They, they, don't, they don't really pound on anybody. Hey, you got to do this. Or, you know, they, they don't really change anybody. They really, they'll just kind of show you, hey, this is what your stuff does. This is what works for you, you know, and then they'll show you numbers. And it's like, hey, don't be afraid to throw strikes. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, especially for younger guys as age wise, not service time wise, but age wise, young guys coming up that, you know, maybe are a little skittish and, you know, they don't want to get hammered too much, but you know, the statistics don't lie. And so it's just kind of like, Hey, throw your stuff, throw it over the plate and you'll be all right. Why do you think it, it, I'm sure they're not the first coaches though, to tell 
groups of pitchers that. Why do you think it settles so well? What do they do with their delivery or the way they bring the message that allows you guys to receive it so well and respond to it? I, I guess maybe just the demeanor of uh, it's nothing rush, rush. No, nobody's irritated, even if you don't do something, you know, even if you do the wrong thing or don't follow through with it. Um, it's not like, hey, I told you, you know, and no, nobody's getting mad at each other. It's just like, hey, just, you know, hear the numbers. And so they're, they're just super positive. Um, there's not a whole lot of negativity that, that floats around this team, really. I, I guess I'd just say the demeanor and relentlessness of, you know, hey, these are the numbers. Like, <laughs> we're not making this stuff up, you know. We're not lying to you. I tend to believe, too, that, you know, a guy like you has had success in part because of your demeanor um, and the way you carry yourself as a reliever. You seem to be so calm that one good, one bad outing doesn't sway you. Where do you think that came from, that that overall fairly relaxed attitude? Uh, I guess maybe just from the ups and downs, honestly, through even college, first couple of years of college, you know, having having good years and then struggling my junior year and you know transferring to a new school and like just just the up the up and down and then indie ball it's when you play this game for long enough it's you can't you can't perform every year like you can't be an all-star every year like from your childhood all the way to the big leagues you know your whole career like there's always going to be ups and downs so I've really just kind of tried to ride those and and understand you know I used to get pretty mad if uh, I didn't perform uh, super hard on myself, still am super hard on myself, but it's, you can't, you just can't really care. It's, we play the game every day. So, you know, it'd be like having a bad day, say, take the sport out of it. You know, you wake up some days and you're just like, man, today feels like a crappy day. You know, you can't roll that over into the next day. It is what it is and go to bed and you wake up and it's a bright new day. So life experiences, baseball experiences, uh, I just really try not to get caught up in in it all. You know, if you go out and you have the right mindset and you try to perform uh, every day and, you know, sometimes it doesn't go your way, I think there's bigger problems out there. (laughs) You're right about that. You have performed at your best, though, since coming to this organization. Is there anything that you think you're doing differently or either physically or mentally that's taken that next step for you? No, not really. I th- I think so- sometimes sometimes I can get caught up a little bit. Like uh, you start thinking about the game and in close situation, you know. But really, I think when those thoughts kind of start to to creep into your head, like you you just got to cut them out. You know, tell yourself, "Well, screw that. Like that's dumb. Like what are you even thinking about that for?" Um, you know, and flip your flip your mindset to something more positive. And uh, a big one for me is like whatever. Like I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't know if that's a right good attitude to have or not. I mean, obviously I care, but by not caring, you allow yourself to just kind of be free and I think perform at your best. So don't jinx me. I don't like talking about this stuff. <laughs> well, we won't talk about that anymore. Are you having fun through all this too? I mean, we mentioned that it's a, real, a strange world. 
things are more difficult, protocols, et cetera. How are you making it as fun as possible? It's just, honestly, it's a, it's a great group of guys. So just, you know, we're in the situation with the short season. Uh, you know, we're all in it together. Uh, we all chose, ultimately, you know, the guys who are here didn't opt out. So, you know, we chose to be here. So it's, you know, hey, if we're, if we're here, why not, you know, treat it like baseball and, and have fun. So we got a bunch of lighthearted guys on the team. Everybody here has been awesome. Everybody here is awesome. Personality of the bullpen. What's it been like and how maybe does it compare to last year? Is it very different? Who's, who is the, uh, who's the talker of the group? I'd say Thompson and Curtis. Hmm. Those, those guys can, can chat. Curtis is a pretty smart person. So if you need something to talk about, he can, he, he'll be able to find something. Yeah. Those guys are probably the talker. I mean, yeah, Fairbanks, it's who's the funniest one? Is Fairbanks the funniest one, or would that have been Drake when he's there? Or well, yeah, when Drake's there, he's definitely the talker. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that. It's you know, honestly, everybody has their moments. You know, some some days it's this person, some days it's the other person. Uh, I couldn't really single single anybody out on on who's the who's the funniest, but it's you know, every that's I think that's one thing that helps this team and how uh we play and perform is that you know it's pretty loose uh it, it really is a pretty loose atmosphere uh being a good teammate and going out and doing your job you know and performing and winning so kind of like other than that there's not really a whole lot else that's cared about so i i think this that that lightheartedness that everybody just you know we're here having a good time playing ball and you know go out and get a w what is your routine like in terms of a game? Um, and I guess I'm talking about a relief routine because you are, and so many guys in the bullpen are willing to pitch whatever inning they're asked to. So when do you head down? When do you start thinking about, hey, I might get in here or there? Uh, I mean, I, I start personally, I start kind of warming up, stretching around like the fifth, just because you never really know the way that the game goes. Uh, so I try to stick to my thing, my little routine that I got around the fifth. You know, it depends, fifth, sixth, depends on how you're feeling that day. But, and that's, and everybody else got, you know, and that, a lot of that too depends on the game situation. Uh, I know for other guys, it's games cruising along, you know, they're not good. You know, everybody's going to delay their warm up a little bit. And we've talked about the fact that things are different. Have you picked up any new Netflix shows or any podcasts or anything while having some extra time, be it in a hotel or, or at your apartment or whatever it may be? Not really. I think I've watched, uh, I've <laughs> watch most of what's out there uh i've been just sticking to playing some call of duty do you play against any of your teammates and if so who's who's the best teammate you play against no i actually don't play against uh any of the guys here or or with them really uh, i play a lot with my brother and a couple of buddies from back home who's who's got bragging rights you your brother oh uh, well we play together we don't play against oh each okay other. You're, so you so, team up yeah there's no family feud there there's no family feud uh <laughs> Yeah, we try we try to run it run it together. Nice. Two race experiences I wanted to touch on. One, the playoffs last year. How much do you think that experience helps you this year? I mean, honestly, it was just a it was just a blast last year. I don't know if I would really say it helps me this year or not. I don't really look at it in that perspective. Um, yeah, it just was kind of it was just another year of playing for for me. So. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was obviously the postseason. Tensions were a little bit, a little bit higher. You know, your adrenaline goes a little bit more. But ultimately, just trying to keep that same mindset. So, as 
as far as that doing anything for me this year, I, I, don't, I don't really know if I could say that. And speaking of tensions, um, the New York, the last New York series and the way things ended and, and the high note with Brasso hitting the homer, two homers. How much do you think that brought this group together? Because a lot of guys have said that they thought it really helped the camaraderie. It took a step, another step forward. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, everybody here is so, um, so relaxed. And then obviously the situation happens and I wasn't there for that as much as I wish I would have been there. But, you know, it's just to kind of have everybody rally up together and kind of, you know, make a decision as, as a team, as, as one unit. Uh, I, I think anytime that happens or can happen, uh, that's the best case scenario. You know, if if everybody's on the same page rather than a couple people like, oh, let's retaliate, you know, or whatever, just kind of a little more divisive. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that everybody was like, Hey, squash this, you know, and then Russell going out and doing his thing. So uh, I'm not, I'm not surprised one bit that that's that's the way it went. Well, let's hope this group continues to do what it's doing going forward, and uh, we appreciate some time on this week in race baseball, Nick. Awesome, thanks, Neil. That's Nick Anderson. We'll continue in just a moment. This is the Race Baseball Network. Welcome back to This Week in Rays Baseball. Time now to discuss the week gone by. Joining me, Dave and Andy, who, of course, you'll hear on the play-by-play later. Guys, first of all, thanks for coming on. And how odd is it to say tomorrow we're two weeks from the end of the regular season? I feel like I'm just kind of gearing up. I mean, it is it is weird. What are we, 46 games in? So that would be about, what, mid-May or something like that. Uh, but that's look we're all we're all running the same race and I think to uh, Dave you would probably echo these sentiments too I would think that you know coming into this year we we know that things are not normal but everybody's playing the same amount of games not all in the same amount of time because so many games have been uh, postponed and delayed and and double headered and that sort of thing uh, but if we're all running the same race then then I guess it's all equal for the most part I guess you could say that I mean you know it, it's one of those things where uh, you know this team is doing some real, real good things on the baseball field. And I think, you know, we talked about this with Kevin Cash a little bit yesterday off the air, that, uh, you know, here we are, we're 29-16. and 16. We're bemoaning the fact that we're still not hitting the ball like we should. We're bemoaning the fact that our starting rotation has not really uh, come and uh, gotten any kind of a flow yet this uh, season. And we're bemoaning the fact that our defense can be better and bemoaning the fact that we've got some guys dinged up in the bullpen. And, and I think what Kevin started to get to was, you know what, instead of bemoaning all those things, we still have one of the best records going in the American League. Maybe we should just start to embrace the fact that we're winning ball games, and I think that's the way I have to look at it right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is. It's getting late early. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's like a, a winter time now where um, it's getting late a lot earlier. And so, guys who usually go through the ebbs and flows of a season, where if you looked up at your uh, your your numbers here in mid-May and you saw a 235 batting average or a 195 batting average, and you're usually around a 250, 260 hitter. You'd have plenty of time to get up to where those numbers on the back of your bubble car, uh, bubblegum cards say that you usually do. But you don't have that option this year. So maybe you're better off not even looking at those numbers, although no player will ever not do that, Neil, and uh, just go out there and try to win that day. And I think the Rays have done a pretty good job of just going out there and trying to win that day. And today they've got a pretty good pitcher on the mound to try and do just that. They do in Tyler Glass now. From your standpoints, what's the with all the issues this team has had to deal with, um, and looking on the positive end, what's the greatest positive surprise you think of the group? I just think like the, they, the way they win. Exactly, just the fact that they figure out ways to win in in moments where this team has not exactly uh, clicked on all cylinders for any great period of time. Even when they went twenty one and four, 
I mean, we're talking to other broadcasters, Neil. You've been in on those things, and it's like, you know, cry us a river. Uh, we're not playing great, but we're winning every day. So, uh, to me, it's just, you know, th- there are teams over the years that collectively are, are better than than the, the than the individuals, and this this group has shown that to me. You know, h- how do you explain the season of, of Hunter Renfro to this point? He's hitting 160, and yet 12 of his 16 hits are for extra bases, and he has 20 runs batted in. So you could look mm-hmm. at that and say, well, he hasn't had a very good year, but you could say the hits that he's gotten have been timely. I think that the formula for this team has been pitch well enough draw a key walk, and get a timely hit. That's the formula that they've won games. I mean, there's – David, I, we say this all the – we said this times last year. If you had told us various things had happened, then would we have believed the record they had? They won 96 games last year, and this team right now is still ahead of last year's pace after 45 games. You know, I mean, three weeks ago I would have said Brandon Lau is a huge bright spot, and, and then all of a sudden he goes into about a two-week fade. And three or four days ago, five days ago, I probably would have said, well, Willie Adamas might be – one of your team MVPs because of what he has been doing offensively. And I know he got off to a shaky defensive start, but uh, had been really uh, good for about a three-week span. And now he, too, has had some struggles defensively. So I, I don't know if there's any one person you could point to and say, this guy's putting together an incredible year. I mean, you know, even Nick Anderson has spent uh, time on the IL uh, as good as he's been. But, you know, again, the sum of the parts, and you look at some of the guys that really have been surprises. I mean, John Curtis – uh, is a guy that has come out and done some tremendous things out of that bullpen so far this year. Sleggers did some nice things. Um, you know, you look at uh, what Ryan Thompson has done after having a little bump in the road after uh, bursting onto the scene and then giving up a couple of late home runs that could have shattered his confidence, but he's bounced back nicely. And then Pete Fairbanks continues to grow. Uh, so there's, there's a you know, a, again, I don't know if there's any one big thing, Neil, that kind of jumps out at you and says, unless I'm missing it, uh, that this is why the Rays are where they're at. I think it's a you know a collective uh, group that really uh, figures out a way at the end of the day to beat you, and they'll do whatever that needs to, to to do it. Whether it's the to pitch well that day, hit well that day, make a couple defensive plays, run the bases, whatever the case may be. Which is a, a great approach, and it's why they've been successful. If there was one area that each of you guys would like to see improved, what's the area you want to see the greatest improvement in in the last two weeks here? I, I want to see our starters become a little more uh, fluid. I, I want to see our, our starters work a little more consistently into the sixth and seventh innings. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, again, we get that out of Tyler Glass now today. We were uh, just talking about, uh, you know, the setup for today's game. And, you know, Tyler got off to a shaky start his last time against Miami. But, you you know, it was because he had a migraine. I mean, so, I mean, it was amazing that he was still on the mound doing what he was doing. If anybody's ever had a migraine, and thankfully I haven't had one of those in a long, long time. But uh, pretty impressive that he was able to pitch through it for a couple of innings. But I think that the, the foundation of this team has always been about run prevention. And I think that if our starters, and especially the big three, Glasnow, Snell, and, uh, and, and Charlie can can really get to the point where they're operating on all cylinders as we get to the end of this month and into the postseason. I think it's a real good tone setter for the Rays because those guys will be able to keep the opposition down, and then it will allow our offense to kind of get settled into a game and not have to be squeezing the sawdust out of the bat in the first couple innings because we gave up three or four runs early on. I'd like to see, too, uh, Oliver Drake come back and be uh, uh, an effective pitcher against left-handers and right-handers for that matter, and Nick Anderson get a little bit of a rhythm going again towards the back end of the bullpen. Like Dave said, it, this team is all about uh, run prevention. At the same time, though, you look forward to Yandy Diaz coming back. I think we see that uh, the, his effect through this lineup is uh, very, very strong. And Jimon Choi, I think, started to work some pretty good at-bats again yesterday. I think he has a, a pretty important role to this group. 
with regard to not just taking pitches but allowing everyone else to see what that pitcher has that day. I think he has more of an effect than what his numbers actually uh, actually show. Uh, and honestly, I'd like to see, know that Willie Adamas is seeing the baseball in this mm-hmm. building. I think there is a degree of concern there. Because, uh, and I think what they're all saying is right. I think it's in their head. I'm not saying it's not legitimate, because it probably is uh, in their minds. But uh, if it becomes a mental block, then that becomes concerning also. You know, Willie had big home runs in the postseason last year. He had a great stretch run playing in Tropicana Field. So it's strange that it's starting now. But uh, I'd like to see Willie uh, turn this little situation around, uh, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think we all would like to see that. Andy, you mentioned some important names. Uh, Oliver Drake, Yandy Diaz. Those two guys, Mike Zanino and Jose Alvarado, all could come back potentially before the playoffs. Of the four, to each of you, who's most important and why? <sighs> i tell you what, we asked Kevin Cash about it, and he was really singing the praises of Yandy uh, yesterday. So that is kind of echoing in my head, Dave, because he has said that one thing that Yandy Diaz does that uh, many hitters around the league don't, and many hitters in particular on the Rays don't, is that they're not... Uh, overwhelmed by any kind of pitcher, a, a guy throwing a 99 or a guy throwing soft stuff. He seems to have quality at bat, and that has a ripple effect all throughout the lineup. Uh, we saw what he did in postseason. We saw what he can do against left-handed pitching and right-handed pitching. So to me, Yandi is just so very important to this lineup. No, I think more recently in the last week, I've realized that maybe than at any other time that he's been with the Rays. Yeah, you know, I think Yandi's a big part and a big piece. But I, I, I go back to again my foundation on this team. It's all about run prevention, and I think that uh, a guy that, you know, while Mikey Perez has done some nice things uh, behind the plate and next to the plate, and Kevin Smith has filled in admirably when he's played, um, I think there's something about our pitchers that just look a little more calm and under control when Mike Zanino's behind home plate. And I think Mike has done a wonderful job at handling this pitching staff when he's been uh, behind the plate the last couple of years and in the early going of this year. I know he's had some pass balls, and, um, you know, his batting average is nowhere near what uh, a lot of the fans would like it to be, but uh, that was another conversation that we had with Kevin is that, uh, you know, it, just in watching these last few games um, where, you know, the pitchers have not been in any kind of a rhythm, uh, you know, there, there's something to be said about the guy behind the plate putting the fingers down for the guy that's on the mound where he doesn't have to worry about shaking too many things off that allows them to get into a rhythm. I, I didn't see a rhythm at all from Yarbrough the other day. Uh, Snell was more, uh, you know, again, uh, kind of uh, choppy yesterday, so I really, really would like to see Mike Zanino get back there and get back behind the plate, and I think he'd be a huge asset to this uh, situation. And then I think my next guy would be Oliver Drake. Oliver Drake is uh, such a weapon out of that bullpen to be able to go get some tough lefties out. I know, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where we don't have as many of those as you had back in the in the day, but uh, still a veteran that's been there, done that, that can, you know, if you have to use Nick Anderson in the seventh or eighth inning of a game, you're not afraid to have a, go out there and pitch the ninth inning if need be. Good stuff, guys. Have a good call today, and we appreciate some time on the show. Thank you, Neil. Anytime, Neil. Anytime. You got it. As uh, Dave says, somebody's got to help me do my job. And you can hear, of course, Dave and Andy doing the play-by-play with first pitch at 640. Let's turn our attention now to Port Charlotte. Joining me now is Rays catching prospect Ronaldo Hernandez, as well as the Rays' Lenore Sutton, who will help translate as needed. Ronaldo, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, You've been on the taxi squad a few times, so tell me this. What have you learned by playing on the taxi squad? ¿Qué estás aprendiendo jugando en el taxi squad? No, just just, uh, I I was going there to learn something different. Because we are with the uh, old guys, and I was trying to learn every day something different. But for me, that was good because that was a good experience. How is the experience helping you improve? ¿Cómo es esa experiencia, or cómo te ayuda esa experiencia a mejorar? 
that's helped me a lot because the, the first day when I go to Red Sox to Boston, I was trying to talk with Sunino, something like a baseball, and, and, and I talked with, with him a lot. And then I had, uh, he helped me a lot when, when I go to do something different with Hoover. But for me, that was good experience to, to be with this guy. How? Como? Uh, receptor e, 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 uh, 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 hablar con los lanzadores? Como? Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk with the pitcher when I, when I be on the game, like on the bullpen. I was trying to talk with the pitcher and talk a lot with, with uh, Castillo, then Anderson, Luke. I was trying to talk with, with this guy and that's helped me a lot because I know, I know how he, they working, you know. What is the best part of the experience? ¿Cuál es la mejor parte de su experiencia? Uh, my best part, I was, you know, uh, like a, to do something, a conversation with the, with the guys, you know, because I'm learning about that. How does the experience with the Rays help you in Port Charlotte? ¿Cómo te ayuda la experiencia con los Rays in Port Charlotte? So that was, for me, that was good because I'm working hard every day with this guy. And I was trying to be and Billy, but you know, now I don't, I don't get the opportunity. But I'm working hard every day. Then for me, that was good experience to be here. The coaches in Port Charlotte say that you are a much better hitter this year. Los entrenadores dicen que eres un mejor bateador. Como? You know, like I say, working hard every day and continue to my work. You know, just um, try to learn me something different every day and. Go pray and enjoy the game. Did you uh, change anything? Uh, cambiar uh, los manos? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I change my position with my hand and try to be to put my hand a little bit more in front to my chest, and that was hurt me a lot when I when I change that position, you know, because I'm feel like I'm more strong with my leg and got more quick my hand. This whole experience, though. Uh, this year, este año, is very different. How difficult is it? Esta experiencia es muy diferente. ¿Qué tan difícil es? Yeah, that was a little bit more difficult than different because, you know, that was being quarantined right now than coronavirus be now. But just we try to maintain focus than working hard, you know. That happened in that life. You don't know what happened in this life. And, you continue to work. Do you have um, a roommate right now? Tienes un yeah. compañero de cuarto y quién es? Yeah, I'm uh, Bruhan. I'm living with him and I got my wife right here now. Ah, from Colombia. Sí, yeah. su esposa. Yeah. yeah. How, how, much does it come, how much does that help? Como se te ayuda? For me, she'd be here. That was much better because, you know, if you be like along here, you feel like uh, you miss your family, something like that. But when you, when she bring it here, I feel like I'm much better because he supports me. Okay. You know. Before that, who who cooks? You or Bruhan? Quien uh, cocinar? Me, me all the time. I'm feeling right now. To what? Good. My wife, my wife is eating right now. What, what do you cook? What's and your favorite? And chicken and chicken, chicken and rice and, and I put our. Uh, Avocado? <laughs> Avocado? Avocado, yeah. 
Muy bueno. Uh, and, and this whole experience, how do you think it will help you in the future? Uh, ¿Cómo te ayudarás la experiencia en el futuro? Uh, el próximo año y, y después, el próximo año, muchos años. Yeah, just uh, like I say, I was trying to work hard, but when I come back to home, just I want to try to be more in shape. When I come here, just to be like a different, you know, the, the rights look like I like look like a little bit more different with my body and I that was helping to me you know because I got to pray every day I have to pray every day and I feel I, I want to feel like good every day you know and the one other thing I want to ask Lenore you need I need to help me with is how is how do you think being with the big leaguers will help you relax when you get there because you've already been around them you want me to say that in Spanish yeah yeah I need help with that one um ¿Cómo crees que um, tu experiencia con en las grandes ligas te va a ayudar a, a estar un poco más relajado? Sí, que lo voy a decir en español para que te lo diga, para que él... Para mí, para mí, bueno, ha sido... Estar con, con los muchachos de grandes ligas para mí ha sido una experiencia muy buena, de que yo he aprendido bastante con ellos y pues me he sentido bastante cómodo con ellos porque ya, ten, ya tengo... Ya tengo de estos años que yo he venido... He venido tratando con ellos y pues me he sentido bastante cómodo en cuando estoy con ellos y trato de, de como le digo, de, de hacer conversaciones con ellos para que ellos se sientan bien conmigo. So he said it was a really good experience. Um, you know, he had he's had the opportunity two seasons to go and, and to be with them and to be around them. And in those experiences of being around them, it's helped him to be more comfortable with them and them more comfortable with him. And so he's really um, taken full advantage of those opportunities and um, you know, been able to establish those relationships. Well, thank you for uh, some time, and hopefully soon we're talking about playing in the big leagues. Uh, uh, gracias por el tiempo y uh, pronto. Uh, uh, yo espero que uh, uh, tener una oportunidad jugar en el Grandes Ligas. Thank you, thank you. Dios, I'm waiting for that, and I want to play there, you know. That is catcher Ronaldo Hernandez, and thanks to him and Lenora Sutton for her help as well. Coming up on this week in Rays Baseball, Dan DeMent on the team's hitting prospects in Port Charlotte and Anthony Castro-Vince from MLB.com and MLB Network on the playoff races. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball on the Rays Baseball Network. Well, we continue on This Week in Rays Baseball, and joining us right now, one of the Rays uh, minor league hitting coordinators, Dan DeMent, who's been down in Port Charlotte working with all the Rays prospects. And Dan, first of all, good to chat with you. Tell me what it's been like and how beneficial it's been to get these guys some work. It's been a lot of fun so far. Um, obviously, everybody's happy to be back doing baseball stuff, and the guys down here are a very talented group of players that um, come to work uh, every day and work really hard, and it's been a challenge with the heat and challenge with other things, but uh, there's been no complaints from anybody, and the guys have been getting after it from uh, from day one. So, uh, as a coach, being down here with these talented players and seeing how hard they work, and these guys following protocol and doing what they're supposed to be doing, it's it's uh, makes our job a lot easier and enjoyable. Tell me how beneficial it's also been. Like this past week, Bruhan and, and Ronaldo Hernandez and Kevin Padlo got to join the big league club on the taxi squad for a couple of days. How much does that help them just to get away for a couple of days and also see how the big league club works? I think you said it. it it's it's going to a combination of both. It's a combination of switching it up from uh, being down here in Port Charlotte, but also just being able to be around the major league team, be around the major league players in the clubhouse. 
on the plane. I think it's so important that those guys um, get that experience and, and have a chance to, to do that. Uh, those guys have, have done a nice job and they've earned that opportunity that they've had. So, you know, it's 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 a combination of both. And uh, we're really happy when, when those guys got that opportunity. It was, it was pretty cool. I know you get to do a lot of individual work with a lot of these guys, but I think what's unique is I think there are five switch hitters that you have down there between Bruhan and Wander Franco and Greg Jones and Xavier Edwards and Taylor Walls. How hard is it to make sure that these guys are working on both sides of the plate? And how many of them have really different swings, whether they're right-handed or left-handed, that you got to make sure to work on? I don't ever have to tell them or, or watch them to to make sure that they're getting both sides. These guys, they they are diligent about their work every day, and they they get their work in from both sides. Um, you know, it's, and some guys are are similar right-handed uh you know from both sides and some guys aren't so it, it, i don't I, I i was never a hit switch hitter so i tried talking to these guys and you know see are you trying to copy what you're doing from the left side to the right side vice versa and um it's just good to get, have their start their relationship with these guys and start understanding what they're thinking and what they're trying to do but yeah it's it's yeah, I, I from what i heard and from what i the experience i've had with switch hitters is you know it's really hard to have the same swing from both sides usually there's some there's some sort of difference from one side to the other let's hit on some of these guys first of all um wander franco obviously the fans ask about him the most very, very big step up in talent. How has he fared in camp, and what's it been like uh, getting to know him a little bit? Uh, Wander's a great kid. I mean, he's he's a joy to be around every day. He's got a smile on his face, positive attitude, and works really hard. I mean, every day he he loves the game of baseball. That's that's one thing for sure. He enjoys coming to work every day. He he loves competing. There's times in the cage where I could tell a little bit, like he's starting to get a little bored, and then we'll play a little game and say, all right, we're going to work some counts here. And, I'm going to mix pitches and his eyes light up. There'll be other times where we have the track man on or some of the technology and him and some of his teammates will be having competitions with each other and, and competing on, on who can hit the ball the hardest. And, and you always like, as soon as there's some sort of competition for Wander, his eyes get big and a smile comes on his face and he, and he gets after it. He just loves to compete. How's he fared? You guys don't get that many at best for these guys in the, during the week because there just aren't that many guys. How, How's he fared in terms of that type of stuff? Uh, Wander's done. Wander's done fine up up until this point. I think for a lot of our guys here that they haven't seen the, the competition that we have here in camp, and like we try to explain to these guys, be glad that they're your teammates because <laughs> these guys are these pitchers are really good, and you're seeing seeing them all the time. So he's learned a lot about himself, I think, and learned some things about hitting and his swing. Uh, but he's he's definitely he's definitely been fine here, and he's competed well. And um, pretty much that's all you can ask for. I'm uh, I'd be willing to bet with if the lights were on and there was another color jersey out there on that field, I'm pretty sure all these guys would uh, would rise to the occasion. So I try not to put too much into actual results from these guys. Uh, I want to see how they can. I want to see how they handle at bats. I want to see how they, they handle the, the everyday grind. And so far, they've done great. I've heard really good things about the way Taylor Walls has grown. What have you liked about him offensively, What he's how he's improved? Oh, everything. Everything about him. We, we started developing our relationship a little bit in spring training, and then it got cut short. So it was good to, you know, start that up again since we've been here. And, you know, we, we have a good little program that we're doing. And, and you talk about another competitor, extreme competitor. That's Taylor Walls. He puts his mind to something, and he gets it done. 
he's really like laser focused every single day we go into that cage. It's very specific discipline routine that we have and he won't sway away from it. And part of the reason why is he's been having a lot of success in the games down here. So I can't knock him for that, but um, he's very diligent in his work. He's like I said, his, his focus every day is, is unbelievable in the cage and he's a special player. I've always heard, Oh, wait, TC Taylor walls, wait, TC Wander Franco. Oh, these guys can do this. They can do that. Well, uh, I've always been like kind of waiting to my turn to, to see them. And, now I've been able to see those two guys uh, along with all the other guys we have here in camp. But to start that relationship with Walsey and see see him improve and grow from the time we got here, it's 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 really cool. How has Vidal Brujan grown this year? Bruce, he's just got special talent. He's he's very explosive. He's a super twitchy player that's that's got really good speed. He's got really good hand speed and bat bat velo at the plate. In a switch hitter, he's and he's a versatile infielder. Um, this it's been good to be around Bruhan. I haven't been around him that much up until this point, but Bruce really just learned a lot about about himself and, and who he is as a hitter. We still got learning to do, but but Bruce uh, Bruce is a pretty special player too. You've got two other switch hitters who weren't in camp the whole time, Xavier Edwards and Greg Jones. What kind of shape did they come into camp, and and what have you liked about each of them? Both of them came into camp great shape. Uh, they have been been at home doing their stuff, waiting for that call, and they got it. X got here first. Uh, Xavier's a solid uh, all-around player. Um, for a young kid like Xavier to be fundamentally sound offensively, it's, it's pretty amazing. He, he's disciplined again in his work. He, he doesn't swing at bad pitches. And that's in his work, and that's why he doesn't swing at bad pitches in the game. And you know, he's just—you could tell he got stronger since what I saw him in spring training. So he's—he's he's an exciting player. He's a great kid. He's—he's a, he's a hard worker, and uh, you know, he's a lot of fun to be around every day. Jonesy's uh, just got here. He's been here for uh, maybe a week now. Another wonderful kid, and uh, another kid that you just is a joy to be around and another special player I mean I I'm I'm in the cage yesterday and throwing to, to some guys and I'm just sitting here thinking I'm like these guys are so good I mean they're they're real these are really talented players we got the track man on and Jones he's blasting balls 108 miles an hour off the bat I'm just shaking my head going like because he looks effortless it looks like he's not even trying I'm like I almost said like Jones are you gonna break a sweat ever or what are you gonna put a little oomph into it <laughs> and the ball's just coming off his bat sizzling and I think it's I think it's awesome. I'm glad that the, all these guys are on our team. And but I, I the very very bright future for some of these guys. And I'm excited to see what what's down the line for him for sure. Ronaldo Hernandez has gone to the taxi squad multiple times this year, and I heard that in camp he was swinging about as well as anybody during the days he was there. Yeah, Ronnie was Ronnie was swinging the bat really good. He, he made some nice adjustments at the plate with his mechanics, kind of uh, keeping his hand. He's had his hands a little bit out in front of his body so that they don't get stuck behind him. And he again has has been on a really good routine, and he's been diligent with his work. And it's it's really fun to see Ronnie make adjustments. He was he was really hot, and he was handling all pitches to all fields. <laughs> so uh, again. Uh, I hate that this season got cut short, but I can't wait to see what these guys do in a season against other competition. And then Josh Lowe, I know he was, you know, slowed in the spring because of an injury, but this year he probably would have been in AAA. Yeah, and I think that really this kind of all worked out in his favor with the with the COVID because it gave it, it gave him a little bit more time to to get his arm ready from spring training. But Josh is special, really special talent. Kind of couldn't pick a better outfield baseball body than that. Tall, lanky, strong, fast, twitchy. 
athlete. <laughs> That's a pretty good combination right there. Good to see him and his, when when Nate was down here and hit, see him and his brother going back and forth. It kind of reminded me of me and my brother growing up, and you can see how they give each other a hard time, but they love each other and they you know stayed together. It was pretty cool to see their their relationship on the field and stuff like that. Josh is uh, you know really I think can be a very special player. He's a lot of he's a lot of fun to watch play. I'll tell you that much. Dan, great stuff. Continue to enjoy the time down in Port Charlotte, and we appreciate some time. Always good talking to you, Neil. I appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll talk soon. That is Dan DeMent, one of the Rays minor league hitting coordinators, joining us from Port Charlotte. They're actually going to add a sixth switch hitter to the group in Pedro Martinez, who was a player to be named in the Cubs deal for Jose Martinez. He's an infielder. And again, Rays have a lot of versatility and a lot of talented up-the-middle players. Joining us now to discuss the playoff races from MLB.com and MLB Network is Anthony Castrovins. Anthony, thanks for being with us. Hey, Neil. Thanks for having me. We're in the, uh, the home stretch. I feel like we just started, and now we're in the home stretch of the season already. Well, we have just started and are in the home stretch. Obviously, it's been a very different season for so many reasons. What's your take on the American League right now? What's the biggest surprise to you at this point? I mean, the biggest surprise just has to be the Yankees not just falling so far back uh, in the AL East, but you know, making a real race of it at, at the bottom of the uh, playoff picture for that final wild card spot. I don't think anybody really envisioned that. I think there was certainly some question about, you know, what they did last year, overcoming as many injuries as they did. It was a great credit to their depth, but you did wonder, I mean, can you handle something like that again if you have another wave of injuries? Well, they did have a wave of injuries, even going back to, you know, the original, uh, the before times, <laughs> the original spring training when they lost Luis Severino, that was a big blow. And obviously, you know, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline, you know, to address that pitching staff. And the offense just hasn't delivered this year the, the sort of uh, reserves and B, B squad, if you will, uh, with, with Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge out the way they did last year. So that has to be the biggest surprise, just the vulnerability of the New York Yankees. But if they make it, it becomes a whole new ball game. as, as yeah. we take a look at the format, does it matter as much where you end up versus just getting in the postseason? It really doesn't. So first of all, you know, we've never had a situation like this where all the division winners are subjected to not just a short series, but a super short series, a best of three. And, you know, anything can happen to best of five. We, we see that every year, but a best of three is just a, a total toss up. The only thing we, we don't have any historical precedent to rely on, obviously from past post seasons, but we see enough in the regular season, don't we? That, you know, you get a team at the wrong time or, or just, you don't match up particularly well, anything can happen. So yeah, the Yankees could then play the angle of nobody believed in us, which nobody wants to hear that from the New York Yankees. But I guess they could potentially play that angle if they're an eight seed uh, going against a one seed. And I, I don't know how uh, the Rays and their fans would feel about it. But I think a lot of us are kind of rooting for that one versus eight if it would be Rays uh, versus Yankees. because There's a lot of intrigue with that, that particular matchup right now. But yeah, it, it's going to be this year in general, we've learned to just kind of shrug and say, well, anything goes. And I, I think that would certainly be the case in that opening round. They, they had to do it this year. I'm really staunch in that in favor of, of what they did in expanding the postseason. You know, you can only judge so much off of a 60-game sample, which the regular season is. And uh, I think it could be a lot of fun. You know, the one thing where you take the home crowd out of it, obviously – that's a big difference in the postseason in general. And this bubble concept that they might go through with, it doesn't sound like that would be in place. Uh, even if it did go through, it wouldn't be in place for these best of three first round. So maybe there'd be some value, I guess, to being the home team just from a comfort level. But 
more than likely not. I mean, we've seen that in this regular season where the, the home field advantage we're accustomed to seeing just really hasn't existed. No, it hasn't. And I know you're out by the Central Division, which has been basically three teams vying for division, and any any one of them could end up one through three. Yeah, and, you know, it, this would be a really fun division race in, in ordinary circumstances, and obviously these are not ordinary circumstances. It all just comes down to seeding. All three of those teams are going to make the postseason. So, you know, it takes a lot of the edge off of that division race. The, the final pecking order won't matter too much. You know, one of them could be the number one seed in the AL for all we know. But, you know, again, how much does that matter with no fans in the stands, et cetera? So, and who knows? I mean, maybe in a 162-game season, we wouldn't have had this close of a race anyway. You know, maybe over over a longer stretch of time, these three teams wouldn't be uh, buttonhead much of what a lot of us thought uh, in terms of the White Sox really making great gains this year in 2020, despite, you know, some injury adversity. And Michael Kopech seems like a big X factor for them. And then he ended up opting out of the season. So, you got to give that team a lot of credit for really rising to the challenge this year. Pitching staff that, you know, despite their offensive woes. And then the Twins are just a really good team. They, If you look at this on paper, they, they should win that division. Um, but they've, they've had their injury trouble and are only recently finding their strides. So uh, it is a fun race, even you know, regardless of the fact that uh, the final packing order probably won't matter. Those are three really dynamic and interesting teams. Who of the three do you think is the most dangerous in the postseason format and why? Probably the Twins. Again, I mean, they're, they're strongest in all facets of the game when they are healthy, when they are right. And, and we're starting to see that. Josh Donaldson came back recently and has looked like the Josh Donaldson we're accustomed to seeing in, in terms of the offensive performance and really you know lengthens what was already a deep lineup. You know, the lineup hasn't, had the same uh, power, the same impact that we saw last year. But, you know, Nelson Cruz is having like an MVP worthy campaign, even as a DH, he might be the rare DH to win the MVP. And the pitching staff, they didn't make the big splash. You know, they didn't sign Garrett Cole. They, they didn't sign Steven Strasburg or, or Zach Wheeler even. Uh, they pieced it together a different way. And the Kenta Maeda trade has been fantastic for them. He's He's, he's got that postseason pedigree as well. He's He's been there, done that in the postseason. So it really is a different complexion than a year ago where the Twins were you know, really scrambling in the rotation going into yet another <laughs> postseason series against the Yankees. They might face the Yankees again. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think they're better equipped this year than last year to actually have a deep and sustained run. I feel like Donaldson gives them just kind of a different edge, you know, just kind of a you know a little toughness, a little meanness uh, between the lines. And and uh, again, improvement in rotation, really good bullpen. So that, that would be the team I'd be you know most fearful of. I, I know a lot of people will say the Indians – from a pitching standpoint, that goes without saying. Shane Bieber can totally change the complexion of the series the way he's pitching this year. Their offense has been so feeble. They've had almost half of their games this year where they scored two runs or less. Mm. The White Sox are really dynamic and dangerous uh, with that lineup. It's also a younger group in the lineup, so you don't know how they'll perform in October. So I would have to say the Twins are probably the most dangerous. Speaking of dangerous, how dangerous do you think the Blue Jays are right now? Very. That's a really fun. That's one of the most fun teams in baseball. And you think about, first of all, just the storyline of, you know, what they went through, uh, basically getting kicked out of Canada <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, looking for all, all alternate options to play their home games. They, they looked into Pittsburgh. They looked into Baltimore. And, and no one would have them. And I remember uh, it being billed as, well, worst case scenario, we'll go to Buffalo. Well, the worst case scenario presented itself. They had to, you know, improve the lights. And even that, uh, I don't know if they improved them enough. There's been a lot of complaints about the lights at that ballpark. They just rolled with the punches. And I, I kind of wondered that going into the year where maybe this is the right group for that. Because it is a really young team you know, predominantly, especially in the lineup. And those guys don't know any better. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And and shoot, you know, many of them had played in Buffalo in the recent past. So they were kind of custom that ballpark anyway. And they've been phenomenal at home, quote unquote home. And uh, just in general, you know, a lot of the a lot of the upside you saw on that team has come through. And we really, despite the fact that, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hasn't really been the, the force of nature that a lot of people prescribe for them. Bo Bichette 
you know, has, has missed time with injury. So that's a really fun and interesting team that is probably dangerous just from the standpoint of, look, no one expected them to be there. They've already had all this weirdness happen to them this year. So they're just going to go out and have fun and, and they might ride a long way. Certainly could. And the Rays have seen them and the Yankees. And who knows if Baltimore, you know, makes a run at the Yankees and ends up catching them. But otherwise, they'll have seen none of the other playoff teams. So in the West, I think everyone expected Oakland to be good. Is Houston going to get caught as the second place team in the in the West? So, I mean, their, their schedule lightens up considerably. They have a lot of Rangers in their future. And uh, whereas the Mariners schedule toughens up. But, I mean, here we are talking about the Mariners potentially, you know, chasing down the Astros for second place, which is, of course, you know, that that automatic berth in this format. And, you know, this is where the fun of it is. It's not just the wild card races that intrigue, but you got some second place races across baseball. And the, the Astros have been so banged up and they've had to use so many rookie pitchers. They've had a lot of walk troubles. They're hoping to get Justin Verlander back uh, before the end of the year. Talk about a storyline. Obviously, the Astros have faced, you know, a tremendous amount of scrutiny, a, a tremendous amount of negativity uh, externally despite even with with no fans in the stands and for them to potentially be run down by a rebuilding Mariners club you know says a lot about how the mighty have fallen they, they've really you know taken out of the nose this year from an injury standpoint and other adversities so you know that that's a really intriguing race I just I ultimately think and I feel this way about the Yankees too I just I feel like talent is going to prevail in those races the wild card race the second place in the uh in the AL West, you know, on, on paper, the, the Yankees and Astros should be there at the end. But, you know, you, you got to you gotta love these uh, these teams that were totally cast-offs at the beginning of the year. The Mariners, the Tigers, the Orioles, they're all keeping this interesting. And I know you've uh, written a lot about that. Pick me a winner right now in the American League. Who do you think is the last team standing and why? Well, I, you know, and, and not to uh, play to the host here, but, you know, I, I picked the Rays to win the AL East when things were fairly normal. You know, ultimately, I, I I remember I had the Yankees winning the tournament, as it were, and getting to the World Series. But how do you not have doubts about that now? I mean, Garrett Cole has not been Garrett Cole. And I think we've seen, you know, some weakness in the rotation beyond his spot. And, and the lineup just hasn't delivered. And I just, I love the versatility to raise. I don't know what the update, I, I, I don't think they've used the same lineup, you know, more than once. And maybe one time they, they've used you know, the same lineup. I, I think that versatility is so important in October where, you know, so many, you know, challenges come your way. And I covered that series, you know, last year against the Astros, and I'll forever wonder what that series might have looked like had had Tyler Glass now and, and Blake Snell been, you know, at full bore. I just think that's a really rounded, well-rounded team that has encountered so much, you know, pitching injury uh, over the course of this year and, and just shown the depth of their organization. I, I, I just like their chances. I think they're going to benefit from that experience last year of pushing the Astros to the brink, and I, I'd feel pretty good about them going to October. Well, Anthony, good stuff. We appreciate the chance for you to come on our program. We'll keep reading and watching, and we'll see how this goes the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. should be fun. Thanks for having me. Special thanks to Anthony Kastrovitz of MLB.com and MLB Network and all of our guests on the program today, pitcher Nick Anderson, Dave and Andy, who you hear shortly, Dan DeMent, Rays minor league hitting coordinator, and also catching prospect Ronaldo Hernandez. Hey, you can win big with the Rays 50-50 charity raffle. Enter the weekly raffle from the comfort of your home. Go to RaysBaseball.com slash 50-50. Some restrictions do apply. Hey, if you ever have something you want to hear on the program, all you have to do is tweet me at Neil Solons. Again, we're on Saturdays now through the end of the regular season. Next week, the playoff races and much more. Thanks to Tom Ponzo. I'm Neil Solons. The pregame show is next on the Rays Baseball Network.